Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm your host, Zoe Forsey. We've got lots to talk about today, including another update on the Queen's health, a look back at the tribute that the royals put out to Prince Philip, some exciting news for one of Kate's friends at the Grand National, and an exciting week ahead with some Meghan and Harry action in at the Invictus Games. So I'm joined, as always, by our royal editor, Russell Myers. Hi, Russell, how are you? I'm very well. Good afternoon, Zoe. Have you had a good week? Yes, I have. It's been very busy. Lots, lots. I mean, you just mentioned Meghan and Harry there. Look, I think there's an awful lot to discuss with Invictus Games coming up. And um, we've seen uh, a royal tour taking place. We've had an announcement of another one. There has been lots of happening with the Cambridges as well and friends of theirs. So, yeah, lots, lots, lots going on. Nice stuff. I'm, you know what? I'm really looking forward to this weekend. I'm really looking forward to seeing them both at Invictus. Um, I'm quite interested to see what it's like, but I think it will be lovely to see them both out and those kind of nice moments you all get from them. I know there has been a lot of questions asked around it in terms of security side, but we will come back to that because I know that you have had a few exclusive stories on it and know a lot more about I do. But quickly, before we get into that, we discussed last week that it has somehow been a year since Prince Philip passed away and the family marked the first anniversary over the weekend and there was actually a really lovely the way they chose to mark it was with that really lovely lovely tribute video wasn't it of kind of the photo montage over the words of that poem what did you think of it yes i mean i liked it to be honest i thought it was really simple um we were all we were all asking questions as to how the anniversary would be marked uh, i understand her, her majesty marked it privately there were certainly um, no big family gathering. And I suppose that's because Easter is just around the corner. And um, I think that the Queen is going to be entertaining some of the family over Easter, certainly seeing Charles and Camilla, possibly the Cambridges as well. So, um, yeah, this poem this uh, that they shared, written by the poet laureate uh, Simon Armitage in honour of, of Prince Philip. I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? That it's been a year since his death. And I think an awful lot has happened and the, the, the fact that certainly in the UK I think the feeling is we're trying to get back to some sort of, of normality um, but this um, after the pandemic this poem titled The Patriarchs and Elegy was paired with a, a video montage of, of images of, of Philip's childhood lots of special moments in uh, his life with the Queen including their royal, the, the royal wedding the arrival of, of their four children grandchildren great-grandchildren so there was an awful lot of interesting moments that sort of been layered into it and um i i think it was put that that it, it was just remembering the duke of Edinburgh on the on the first anniversary of his death so very very simple very sort of concise and um and let the the, the poem speak for itself really and of course the 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 tribute is on the back of the memorial service that the um that was held at westminster abbey very recently we saw dozens of, of royals from around the world gather with the congregation of about 1800 at Westminster Abbey 
couple of notable exceptions from across the pond, but I imagine we'll come on to them later. Um, but it's, I, I think that once the, the, the memorial service was, was over, um, then it really is a moment for, for quiet reflection from the family. And um, you know, of course, the, the Queen has had her own health issues in that period of time. And, and whilst the, the, the world has sort of changed, I think that the, the family's outlook has changed as well, because we're getting back to seeing them um, on royal tours, on engagements, very much a case of looking forward to the Platinum Jubilee. And I think that the Queen, after the memorial service, that she did tremendously well to be at because she has missed some um, engagements over the last few weeks and months due to her own mobility issues, her own health issues, that she really had to summon all her strength to, to get through that. And and once that has has happened um, and gone without a hitch, and it was very much a case of of, of remembering the Duke um, privately, and I'm I'm sure they'll raise a glass to him over the Easter over the Easter period. The photos that they selected to use were lovely as well, and I really liked. It felt like a very personal tribute rather than just a working one. Like there were those beautiful photos from the engagement. Um, engagement photos they did there was that re one of my favorite photos I think of the Queen and Philip where he's kind of really looking over her shoulder and you know they're looking at something in detail and it was it just felt like a real it felt like oh, it sounds really cheesy but it felt like a real tri tribute to him as a man rather than to like the royal figure which I think was really lovely and we kind of did the professional looking back at his life at the mem memorial service and speaking about him you know and the work he did and this felt like the kind of nod to him as you know the husband and the grandfather which I thought was a, you know they kind of did both sides of it in a way that I think actually worked really well um, and as you said yeah they let everyone else join in the memorial and then they had that private side too but you mentioned briefly about the Queen's health battles obviously during the year and there's been another update on this uh, in the last few days hasn't there that she's pulled out of another event which is due to be taking a place on Thursday so today when the podcast comes out and we also there was she spoke about how she dealt with COVID as well didn't she saying that it, it left her exhausted yeah I mean that's this that's it's quite extraordinary because obviously the Queen's um, health is normally closely guarded secret um it's not that it's not discussed publicly certainly um obviously the queen had her hospital stay back in october we we know that she's had these mobility issues because i think it's widely accepted now she's even discussed it herself hadn't she um a couple of months ago when she was entertaining some defense dignitaries at, at windsor castle and and saying yeah i can't i can't move and that's um and that is very much the 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 case. I mean, she has good days and less good days. It's been it's been said to me several times. So um, this I mean, back to this service. This is the Royal Maundy service on Thursday, which takes place every year at Easter on Maundy Thursday, of course. And it's where there is a tradition that the monarch will give Maundy money, sort of these silver coins, as a token to pensioners of the local community, and it represents the age that she is that year so she gives the money to it would be 96 pensioners um sort of community heroes uh this year but prince charles um is going to be stepping in on her behalf now the reason that this was done i think is because of not only is as mentioned that the queen is suffering from from these issues good days less good days that sort of thing but the order of service had to be printed in advance. She didn't want her attendance to be confirmed and then have to pull out and then that be 
the story of the day because I think that that has happened a couple of times where she's had to pull out of engagement and and unfortunately then the the, the engagement gets a little bit overshadowed by the fact that people are r- rightly concerned I think and saying that gosh that the Queen isn't there well this is the first time where we've had sort of an advance announcement. The announcement was made last Friday, so about a week before the um, event is taking place. And I think that that puts everyone on a level now that, listen, the, the, the Queen is really going to have to pick and choose the events that she does attend. She, as I said, summoned all her strength to make the Duke of Edinburgh's memorial service a couple of weeks ago at Westminster Abbey. And certainly that is um, going to be the order of the day. And there's an awful lot of engagements coming up. I mean, June might seem quite a long way away because it's the summer and we're just sort of getting into spring. However, I think it will come around pretty fast. And there's obviously a lot of planning that's going on with the Trooping of the Colour, the Epsom Derby, um, the uh, big concert that's going to be happening at Buckingham Palace. So... I think that the Queen is definitely going to have to pick and choose her battles, as it were. So, um, I, I mean, just to sort of allay fears that um, anyone may have, I mean, I've been speaking to people at the Palace this week and, and, and at Windsor have been saying that the Queen is certainly um, very well. I think she's been covering uh, engagements very um, with, with regularity on Zoom or other video messaging services, as we well know. Um, so we got into trouble for that before. Which well, is no, I know, I know, I'm going to the coals again, yeah. So, um, listen, she, she's, she's still pin sharp of mind, is what everyone keeps saying, still um, very much well. Uh, but like you said, she, she did sort of reveal a bit of her health um, worries, and this was a conversation last week when she was, again, at a virtual engagement opening the new Elizabeth unit of the Royal London Hospital in East London, um, which has got a huge, huge history going back um, well, God, many, many years, many, many decades of association with the royal family. And this new unit, which would normally take about five months to build, was built in five weeks because of the surge in COVID patients a couple of years ago. And um, and that the Queen was speaking to some patients and staff and some of the patients who have had the sort of real rough end of COVID. Um, there was one chap who had been in a coma for six or seven weeks and was told he was going to die essentially his father had passed away and his brother from covid and that the queen um revealed that she'd been left exhausted and i think that that is really telling that she is sort of putting herself out there because as i mentioned the, the conversation that she had with those um defense dignitaries at windsor castle of when she was saying well look at me i, I can't move and being quite sort of jolly about it and then telling the, the, the NHS staff and the, and, the, and the patient of the Royal London that she was had been very tired and had been left exhausted. I think that this is a sort of new tactic because the Queen has always had that mantra of being seen to be believed. And of course, look at us, we've been doing stuff on Zoom for the past couple of years. I'm sure a lot, awful lot of people have, but there is, of course, no substitute for, for seeing each other. As we did last week. I know, in real we life. We saw each other in the flesh. <laughs> anyway, I digress. I'll come back to that. But I think that there is something really important about the Queen saying, you know, recognising her own frailties. Um, it's obviously being discussed at top senior level with her advisors about what she can and can't go to. Her doctors have been telling her to take it easy. But she's she's still wanting to, to be out there and, um, and do the job, as it were. So um, I just think that... 
as I always say, we always forget that how old the, the, the Queen is. And um, we probably need to give, to give her a bit of slack, don't we, sometimes? I think people just need to recognise that she will do as much as she is able. And certainly um, when it comes to it, that uh, she wants to do as much as she can. But um, but yeah, she's she. I mean, she's ninety five, going on ninety six in just a just a few days. No, not long to go. And I think yeah. it's so, as you said, hearing her, and obviously Prince Philip has spoken. Not Prince Philip, Prince Charles has spoken about mm. his mm. COVID. Uh, you know how he found the experience of having COVID before, and that I think to hear the royals talk about medical just feels so unusual but then it's such an unusual circumstance because everyone so many people can relate to this so many people have either had covid have long covid or are still just kind of feeling a bit of the leftover effects of it you know I had it before Christmas and I'm still a lot more tired than I was before you know there's Mm. still that kind of hangover from it and I think it's something that so many people can relate to and that is a big part of people's lives now um, and to hear the royals leading the way and talking very openly about it and honestly, I think is does a lot of good. And I think it shows how far the whole nation has come. Because if you think back, Prince William didn't tell anyone that he had COVID, not a criticism of his decision. But at the time, they were kind of very much taking the royal approach, which was to you know deal with it themselves and didn't want to worry anyone, didn't want to panic anyone. But now to have the Queen talking about her personal medical experience is just shows i think how far everyone's come in the last two years about yeah, you know, I, about I, the virus totally 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 right i mean even william had said that it had left i think he said it was it felt like someone was had a vice on his chest or something didn't he? yeah he was saying he was really breathless and struggling to breathe really yeah. breathless that was it and, and i you're totally right that this is a totally different um world we're living in i mean it's certainly away from the stiff upper lip of the royal family or the, or the british uh, establishment i think that has gone out the window almost hasn't it because this is yeah. a global pandemic we're living in it's um it's affected an awful lot of people i mean there's 170,000 families devastated in this country because of you know, covid deaths and many many more people feeling the after effects so when the when the royals are speaking about it it's definitely something that they, everybody can i believe identify with and um, and and again, I think we have entered a very new position with the with the Queen because she is not able to attend these these these, these events as much as she would like, as we've said. And so there is um, there is also I think a, a, a subtle changing of the guard because she she doubled down, didn't she, um, in her platinum jubilee message where she was saying that this is a job for life. She definitely wasn't going to be giving it up, but. But also mentioned in the past, in the passage of time when Charles does take over, and I think that that is subtly happening now. That Charles is definitely doing more. He will be supported by the other family members more, and um, and and the Queen will will will, will do as much as she can. Now, obviously, Saturday was a very hard day for the Queen and the royal family. But one thing that we think there's probably quite a good chance that she did isn't there due to her love of horse racing was to sit down and watch the Grand National with everyone else do you reckon she tuned into that definitely and it was uh, yeah as I said a huge event every year over here in the UK a big race and this year's winner is actually another bizarre royal thing good mates with Kate Duchess of Cambridge this is extraordinary. So Sam Wally Cohen, if you're not sort of a, you don't necessarily need to even be a horse racing fan, but or the, the Grand National is, I think, widely accepted as the greatest race 
of the uh, horse racing calendar, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I, was, I well, watch no unless the I Cup. yeah unless I go and get to wear a nice dress and hat. I have no interest in horse racing whatsoever. But the Grand National is the one that I think everyone. The pub I was in on Saturday, everyone was watching it. The rugby yeah. was turned off for it to the outrage of the people I was with. It definitely, was, yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely accepted. Sort of that. I mean, it's probably the the, the biggest bet race in the world. We're going to have lots of our American cousins telling us that the Kentucky Derby is a lot bigger or something like that. But <laughs> the Grand National, I think, has is worldwide uh it's popular throughout the world um and certainly the queen has had some runners in the in the grand national before i think and sam wally cohen who is an amateur jockey but knew kate from back in the day he's been friends with her for for, for, for many, many 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 years from their school school days um he he has ridden a couple of um i mean i think he's had a he's had a winner in the gold cup and now on his final race he is not a professional jockey he is a very accomplished dentist i think he's got something like yeah he's got a huge yeah huge dental, dental practices, practices yeah. it's incredible he's got like four thousand staff 250 dental practices and he's an absolutely accomplished amateur jockey and 50 to 1 he won um on his last race which is just absolutely extraordinary and um i'm sure that the rest of the royal family were were willing him on and indeed i think there was there was a message wasn't there of congratulations from the duke and duchess of cambridge on their twitter profile because um it is absolutely extraordinary event and to uh and to win it is just absolutely incredible and to win it when you're retiring as well i think that was what they yeah not they, bad yeah not bad exactly and again i just give you another horse racing fact because um uh, i saw something yesterday that the, uh, a horse owned by the queen yesterday took a step to becoming Her Majesty's first runner in the Derby for 11 years by winning a significant race at another um, race at Newmarket. It's called Educator. So this might be one to watch out for at the Derby if you fancy a flutter. A three-year-old colt who also bred by the Queen is one of three horses owned by the monarch to enter the world's greatest flat race at Epps and Downs on June the 4th. So... I will hopefully be there and hopefully the Queen will be there as well because we know she loves her racing. That is part of the Jubilee calendar as part of that June weekend, which is jam-packed. So I'm sure she will be looking forward to it and, um, and cheer- hopefully cheering on one of her horses. That's really interesting. But before you take, I want to go back to Sam and Kate's relationship because you, you mm. took in one of the weird directions this podcast tends to go on. I didn't think that betting, your be- betting suggestions <laughs> would be no, a, a way that we'll do. Any, yeah, I was by say. William Hill or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be wearing a Labrooks t-shirt next time we take a team <laughs> photo, aren't you? Completely coincidental. Um, but, so Sam and Kate are actually friends because Kate was friends with Sam's brother, Thomas, who actually died from bone cancer in 1995. Um, and obviously the, the kind of families were close because of that and Kate actually organised a charity roller disco to ma- raise money for the hospital ward that's named in Thomas's memory and these are the pictures that I think I, I'd seen the, the pictures have been year, around for years but I never knew the occasion behind them so they were you know the pictures of her roller skating with the yellow hot pants and the green sequin top it was that yes, one. I, that I, was the I, that was the event. I didn't know that either. I just thought that that was them at a roller disco. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't know until this week that it was part of um, that that fantastic event that she'd raised. I hadn't put two two together. Yeah, exactly the same as me. It wasn't until I wrote a story about their friendship over the weekend, actually, and it was from that. So it was obviously you know really close with the family and organised this amazing party in 
London, obviously, this was pre, I don't think, unfortunately, that royal life would allow for a roller disco fundraising in hot pants, which, you know, maybe that's, you know, that could be one of the, well, the ways there may forward, be the, but... pages, <laughs> the modern royals need to bring it back. Bring I'm, it back. I'm, I'm up for, I'm up for hot pants. <laughs> but the, in bizarrely, the second time I'm going to say hot pants in this little segment of the show, Sam is also credited with potentially bringing the couple back together now we obviously know they broke up Kate and Prince William broke up in 2007 they talked about their this in their engagement interview quite a lot Kate saying that she wasn't happy about it at the time but it made her a stronger person and it actually brought them closer together at a couple and made them really realize they'd be together but it was actually Sam that invited both of them to he he threw a huge family party at his house at his big Oxford mansion a freaking naughty themed party, which apparently mm. Prince William wore hot pants and a policeman's helmet too, and Kate went as a naughty nurse. Good and Lord. they got so at this party, which it's always a bit awkward if you're going to invite two exes to a party, but apparently they got that's when they started chatting again. And then two weeks wow. later, we're on holiday. So wow. he is he is credited with bringing them back together again, although he's actually spoken before and says he didn't back in 2011. He said, there's an idea that I was Cupid with a bow and arrow. People love the idea that somebody put them back together, but they put themselves together. Oh, which God, is, just, oh. Everybody loves a love story, exactly. don't they? Exactly. So. so it's a really, you know, really close friendship. And, you know, Sam was at the royal wedding in 2011 and Kate and Pippa went to Sam's wedding as well. So they, you know, really close friends and there's lots of fun photos of them over the years out at the races. So really nice. And yeah, so hopefully as well as having the Queen cheering on, she I'm sure had the Cambridges as well cheering on. I don't know, maybe, maybe do you reckon he's, he could be Uncle Sam if to the kids, do we think? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's close. Yeah. Everyone's an uncle. Exactly. Everyone, we do that. Friends, uncles, don't you? Exactly. I do anyway. Right. So, yeah. So, I thought that was really lovely, actually, and some nice, yeah. some nice news. But elsewhere in the royal calendar, obviously, this year is going to be very much the year of the royal tour, isn't there? We've had a couple already. Mm. And this week we've had, well, Princess Anne has been out and about, hasn't she? She's been in Australia. She was at an Easter fair. Yes. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's called the Royal Easter Show. The okay, sh- I've, I've, I've downgraded Royal that, haven't Sydney I? <laughs> show. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, yeah, it, it's sort of like a big it's sort of extravaganza. It's sort of in the, definitely one of the big show, um, big events of the sort of Sydney calendar. Um, and it's got a bit of agriculture, maybe a bit like Chelsea Flower Show, but there's also loads of stuff and fun stuff to, to go um, and see with the family. Um, although there was a, a there was a bit of violence I saw this year. There's unfortunately two guys got stabbed and, and one died. It wasn't certainly when uh, when Anne was there. She opened it um, oh, a couple of days after. Yeah, I know. It was pretty pretty shocking I saw in Australia. However, um, Anne has been doing an incredible amount. She did, packed more than 20 engagements over four days. She, um, I mean, there's a lot, a lot made that she obviously flew com- com- commercial because she was going to australia and then papua new guinea um i mean twenty five thousand mile trip in less than a week she was packing her own bag apparently she doing her own hair and makeup she only took one member of staff so if you couldn't love princess anne yeah. even more then you have just absolutely hit the jackpot <laughs> she has just 
sort of put the others to shame, hasn't she? It really has. When they all travel with a big entourage and, you know, suitcases of designer wear, she just pitches up, does her own hair, ties it back and gets on with the job. Throws everything in the suitcase. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, there's lots of minimal fuss. But um, what I found quite interesting, because obviously we've just come back from the Caribbean and there was uh, certain controversies or... um, um, mini protests, shall we say, of, of, of Vain going through the, the, the whole tour of, of what the future will be for the rest of the Commonwealth. Well, Papua New Guinea has um, sort of reaffirmed their commitment to, to be, being um, aligned with Britain, as it were. And there were certainly the, the dignitaries and government officials in Papua New Guinea saying, if anything, we really want to reaffirm our commitment to uh, being part of the Commonwealth, part of being part of um, the history of Great Britain. And I thought that that was quite interesting that Anne had gone and, um, and been welcomed had a tremendous welcome um, in Papua New Guinea and in Sydney, and uh, and I think people really re- re- respected some of the, the the messages that she was putting out there. She did a speech at school where she was telling kids that you know school is one of the most important periods of your life where you forge friendships, and it's about um, educating not only yourself but being aware of other people's circumstances and it can give you these lifelong lessons that not only in education but also being part of um, a better person and being more accepting of people's uh, circumstances and I thought that that was just a really sweet message and sometimes I think we're all guilty because of yeah, there's an awful lot going on in the world, but certainly Anne is um, it arguably not as glamorous as uh, the Cambridges or the Sussexes or other members of the family of, of doing what they're doing. But when Anne is speaking really passionately about that, I thought that was a really lovely and important message that, um, that has, has really got the, 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 the tour um, off to a great start and captured the imaginations of everyone. It's a, it's a really good trip, and as I said, lovely photos coming through, which is good. And Charles and Camilla have been have announced they're going to Canada. Is this? Have I read? It's the nineteenth time that Charles is going to Canada. It is incredible. Well, I haven't got it in front of me, but I think the Queen went twenty two times, and so she stopped <laughs> touring. I, I suppose I don't know. Maybe let's say ten or fifteen years ago. Um, 10 years ago but the 22 times that yes the Prince of Wales has previously visited 18 times the Duchess of Cornwall has visited on four occasions last going in Canada in 2017 that visit marked the 150th anniversary of confederation with Canadians I'm not too sure what that is maybe some of our Canadian cousins can can let us know um but yeah I mean they're going to Newfoundland or is it Newfoundland Newfoundland yeah it is Newfoundland. Someone was disputing this with me the other day. I thought I thought I was right. Uh, so Newfoundland and Labrador, the Canada's capital region, and the North West Territory. So this Newfoundland. Will be some... Is Newfoundland, Newfoundland where they had the? Um, is that is a town called Newfoundland? That's where the planes were done for after the uh, 9-11 terror attack. That's where the eighteen plans planes were redirected. Ah well, haven't seen the musical that, that, come that from away. Go, that would yeah, yes, that would make sense. The, yeah. This well, town, maybe we'll co- if it's the I'll one that is, yeah, the, this town well, like took loads of people that had um, loads of there were like eighteen planes that were had well, to be obviously diverted. Yeah, it's sort of straight up from New York, straight up and right, I suppose, northeast. So it's enough out the way where I suppose they could send people to to, to safety. So I think yeah, you're probably, you're probably bang on. Um, so yeah, lots happening. I mean, I don't think it will be a massive trip because these trips used to be, 
I don't know, a couple of weeks, a week or two. But I, I think that this is going to be quite a compact trip, which um, maybe less than a week. Um, but in May, again, another big trip for, for, for Charles and Camilla, having a fun, really successful trip in Egypt and Jordan. And then this is sort of carrying on the, the, the Jubilee message from the Queen, celebrating the, the relationship with one of our um, fondest cousins in, in Canada. And uh, I don't think they're going, they're not going to Quebec, which some of them, I was being updated that last time they went, where they, they did go to Ontario, and um, there, was some pro- there was some protests there from the sort of French-speaking... Um, oh, Okay natives i suppose who were, who were quite angry at that happened so that is not on the agenda this time which is quite interesting so i wonder if they thought god well there's been enough protests going on or, or coverage of process that we can all do without that so um anyway i'm sure there'll be a packed, packed uh, level of events and of course we've got the the wessexes going to the caribbean just next next week that but before we move on to that what i really really hope happens and i was wondering what you thought of it is obviously they're going to be in canada obviously not part of any official tours or anything like that how nice would it be if they tag a few days on before or after and finally get to go and meet lilibet well i i mean i'm going to stick my neck out and i'm going to say that ain't gonna happen do you not think, because, even if they're that no, close? Because, no, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. There are sort of, I've, I have sort of had conversations around this. Was Charles planning any trips out to the US? And certainly, people were saying that that isn't on the agenda. Unfortunately, I mean, listen, I still think Prince Harry will definitely be coming back for the Platinum Jubilee. How could he not? I mean, it's one thing to miss the memorial service, but maybe he's backed himself into a corner with this whole security row. I mean, this is still rumbling on, um, and I and I I still think it's a it's a very sticky wicket for both of them because if if you're saying that London is two day, oh, we've we, we've managed to segue into the next segment, so I might as well keep going because. Obviously, they are Harry and Meghan are going to be at the Invictus Games. Yes, of as course. we had revealed last week, and has since been confirmed by their spokespeople. Even though they were very, very naughtily denying it to <laughs> other people, it's just extraordinary. They were they were saying that they after um, I'd done this story that the Meghan was definitely going with Harry, and that, that they were actively briefing that it was. Um, that, that people shouldn't be following the story, which I think is very naughty. But anyway, I digress. I think that, listen, it's very difficult for them not only to be in Europe, optics-wise, and not having to come to uh, the Westminster Abbey service when there were dozens of European royalty there who came without fanfare, Um I mean, most of them would have slipped in via Heathrow and you may have not even known who they were. But the, the, the fact is, Harry and Meghan saying it's too dangerous and that they don't feel safe in the UK is, um, is widely regarded as being complete nonsense because they would be afforded the proper security protocols. It is one thing to have had your taxpayer-funded security taken away. But the, the Met Police have said that they would be judged upon each individual merit of each individual trip. So, for instance, when he came back for um, Prince Philip's funeral, he was given protection because he was part of the, the big royal family event. When he came back for his private visit, arguably, of um, 
uh, at Kensington Palace to unveil the statue of his late mother with Prince William, he wasn't. And I don't, I don't think that you know is worth the argue, is it? I mean, he was. He would have been pretty much in the confines of Windsor Castle, the Windsor Estate, that's fully protected. Then he would have got um, chauffeur-driven to uh, with a police detail, surely when he when he pitched up at Kensington Palace, and then now he's going to be in the Hague. Um, with with Megan in tow at the Invictus Games with their private security, and you know they will have proper security protocols in place. I just think it's a very bizarre decision to have taken this this tact of um, of of having this argument with the British government because I just don't see how how it will be reversed because you've decided to leave. You decide that's what you've decided to do. You're not going to have it at the drop of a hat. Um, him offering to pay for, for Met Police officers is not the dumb thing because then that opens the floodgates to every Tom, Dick and Harry who is a, a celebrity or have got a few quid to say, right, we want Met Police officers. And they are not guns for hire, as it were. So, um, yeah, I think I still think it's a bit weird and a bit of a funny one. Um, however, gosh, surely that potentially would be um, disastrous for the, his relationship with the rest of the family were he not to come back for um, for at least some of the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. But I suppose watch his space. It will be really interesting to see, yeah, what happens with that because, as you said, has, has he backed himself into a corner? Because if he now turns around, he's drawn so much attention to the fact that he doesn't feel safe here that if... He, anyway, it's one for a couple of weeks' time, I think, probably, isn't yeah. it? But this weekend, though, obviously, security debates aside it's going to be a good good week isn't it there's lots of great stuff going it on is. It's listen such a i mean i'm devastated actually because i've i've had something come up um and i i was planning to go and unfortunately i am now not going to be able to go which i'm really really sad about because i've 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 i went to the Mystics games in sydney it was absolutely incredible and um I think it just gets better and better and better every year. And of course, this Invictus Games is two years in the making. It's unfortunately been postponed a couple of times because of COVID. Everybody will be tramping at the bit to go. The um, uh, Mark Almerud was was speaking on ITV during the week um, about how he. It's just this massive phenomenon that Prince Harry got off the ground. He didn't really know where it was going to end up, and it's just become this global, incredible event that um, that I think it's something like fifteen hundred competitors from over thirty-five nations or something. It's it's just yeah, absolutely incredible. So there will be, I, I think, them aside. Obviously, we did the story about Megan turning up. They're going to have this Netflix camera, um, Netflix documentary yes. team in tow. That, I mean, that's really interesting because. It's not just following them around. Um, it's because Harry is doing a, a documentary about Invictus called uh, The Heart of Invictus with Netflix. That's obviously going to be big blockbuster production. And um, and I think we'll tell you quite a lot about him and his associations with the military personnel and about what his... Um, objectives were when he got it off the ground and how and how he sort of sees it progressing and how it is a massive massive part of his life and so I think I think you will see Harry in a real his real comfort zone being with um, 
in injured servicemen and women who he's had a, a fantastic relationship with and I, and, I, and I I wish all the competitors and indeed um, anyone taking part in it and the organization of it all the best of luck because it is a, a truly phenomenal event and I, I love seeing Harry at Invictus for the, exactly the point you've said. This is what it feels. This is what he's passionate about. This is he's in his, you know, that community is somewhere that he feels so comfortable with. You know, obviously he's served before. It just feels like it's it's the sporting side of it which he loves. It's the military side of it which he loves. It's the kind of charity and helping side which he loves. And even when he was doing it within the royal family, he never quite felt like a royal at the games, did he? You know, he was always there in the t-shirts and the branded hoodies mm, and mm. stuff. He was never or very rarely there, apart from when he was doing speeches and stuff in a suit and tie. This always felt like the Harry that we all, you know, everyone knew, everyone loved, everyone, you know, fun, jokey. That was was it. It was at the Invictus game, wasn't he? Where he was sitting there with a friend. Um, and there was the kid and he was stealing the kid's popcorn. Yeah, his popcorn. Yeah, yeah that, that was it. Yeah, there's all these moments. It just feels like such a him event and something you can tell he's passionate about. It's away from all the negative stuff that's going on, you know, the all the security, all the legal cases, the biography, which is the autobiography, which is coming up yeah. soon. Sorry, memoir, not autobiography. Um, so, yeah, I just think it would be a really good event and I really hope that the security side of it doesn't end up overshadowing what these amazing athletes have done and their yeah, achievements. I, I th- listen, I think that they're, they're, they're definitely two separate things. It, it's the first time Megan has been out of the US in two years. So I, I, I undoubtedly it's going to be massive. Yeah. Um, people are going to be really interested to see what she says, her speech she's going to be making at the opening ceremony. And so... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it, and uh, and and it's being st- it's being streamed the opening ceremony on the BBC. I understand, so I don't know if our global cousins, if you can get that somehow, then it'll be well worth tuning in for. I imagine, I imagine they'll they'll, they'll be away. And Invictus always seems to come at a real key point in their lives. I don't know if you've mm, noticed this, because mm. obviously he used Invictus to introduce the world officially to Megan as his girlfriend when they rocked up and she wore the husband shirt, didn't she? And, you know, they were holding hands for the first time. Then obviously when they were in Sydney, she was pregnant. They just announced the pregnancy. So we had that bit of it. And this feels like the, you know, obviously kind of coming back to the spotlight and almost royal, you know, the ex-royal yeah, spotlight no, for a thing. Right. It's, it's a always, good point. It's their, it's their, you know, it's his gig, but I think it, it's, it's, it's well in tune with them, isn't it? That there, there has been this journey of their relationship that has been played out throughout Invictus and their first big tour, uh, which was Australia, which was absolutely incredible. I can't, I can't imagine that we would have ever thought we would be here two years four years down the line from from when we were in australia and um and seeing the reception and the coverage that he got but you never know what's around the corner dear and elsewhere and kind of fun interesting engagements i don't know anything about this because you put it on the list with a big embargo sign next to it because this is one of the things that we can talk about now but not publicly because we don't go out come out till tomorrow so prince william the new podcast he's got some new celeb pals so we can speak about it in the space-time continuum because this is the Duke of Cambridge speaking on Kate Blanchett's podcast, um, which is yeah all about the environment. There's a, a, a real big message behind it. It's called Climate of Change, and it is available on audio, uh, Audible, rather. Um, and it's all about uh, Prince William speaking about the Earthshot Prize. He mentions his... Um, 
his influences really about Prince Charles and his grandfather, Prince Philip, surrounding him with adventure and their interest in the natural world. Uh, also speaking about how he wants to really focus on the winners and maybe really build them up of uh, these winners of the Earthshot Prize, saying that they, they are the key, they are the future to, to finding solutions to repair the planet. And also that his real focus after doing it after a year, that he wants to really hone in on seeing these amazing, in, the innovative, God, it's easy for me to say, um, innovative <laughs> <laughs> um, schemes and projects and ways in solving the world's biggest environmental problems that he wants more women and indigenous communities from the 2022 um, awards to really show though that that and, and have sort of more purpose in, in having even bigger reach. I mean, this is already a global, massive global project that he's taken on over the next, it's uh, across, a, uh, across a decade, given £50 million to five winners every 10 year or every year over the next decade so um listen there's an awful lot to 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 look forward to i suppose there's gosh there's so much coming up this summer we've got Earthshot prize the no doubt the awards will be piling in or get or getting ready to 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 be submitted and um and then you know we might even have william and kate in uh in the states because it's it's in the states later this year isn't it yeah that'd be very exciting very exciting. I just said lots and lots of stuff to look forward to. And oh, the Jubilee is just going to appear very quickly, I think. This is what we keep yeah, thinking it's ages away. It but it is It is going to be, it's going to appear. I think we've had a couple of nice days of sunshine here in London. And I think it started everyone going, oh, summer's not too far now, which is very interesting. Um, so obviously, apart from Invictus, uh, what other things have we got to look forward to this? Oh, we've got the Queen's birthday. We have to, well, that's a while off. I mean, that's the, When's that? the, oh no, it is next week. Yeah, God, the, so the time is disappearing. This, yeah, the Russell, 21st. your card's not going to get there in time if you if you're thinking it's the week after. You need. <laughs> I mean, I barely, to get, I barely managed to get my wife a, a birthday <laughs> card in time. So uh, yeah, my my organisation skills leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> However, yeah, that is next Thursday, so we can have a, a big old chat about that. And then we've got. On the Friday, there is the Wessex's Tour of the Caribbean kicking off. Obviously, we yes. have loads of updates from Invictus, which is happening next week. There is an awful lot to look forward to. And of course, it's Easter. So happy Easter, everybody. Oh, yeah, Easter. Just quickly, uh, when we're on that. So do we know anything about, because obviously Easter's normally a big old, you know, huge royal thing. They all go to the church service. Do we know, Do has anything been announced yet on what we can expect to see on Easter Sunday? No, nothing as yet. It's all very, very closely guarded. I think we will, I imagine we will have some form of statement from somebody in the royal family. And uh, let's, that might be, I don't know, whether the Queen, Prince Charles make, might make um, sort of an Easter message. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know at the moment. I think, I think it's very much a case of, with the, when, when it's with the Queen, it's very much a case of playing it by ear. There's not going to be many things that are, are announced way ahead of schedule because obviously, as we've well discussed, um, she's, she's, uh, she's got her own sort of health, health ailments to look, look after, I suppose. And even if the Queen doesn't feel she can attend this year, if the other royals go, could we potentially, do you think, maybe have the Cambridge kids after we saw them at Prince Philip's Memorial? That's not a bad shout. Yeah, definitely. I, well, I think the Queen is going to have a few visitors over Easter, I'm told, and that will be in sort of a private capacity. Um, I'm, sure that, I'm sure Charles and Camilla will be popping over and, and the Cambridges who have been spending the Easter holidays at Anma. 
Um, so, so again, I mean, it 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 won't always be this this big sort of diary thing. I suppose we have in now with the with the Queen's diary because it's very very much a case of doing it on the hoof. I suppose see what happens and Easter yeah. was traditionally in Windsor anyway wasn't it it was the one because we that's why yeah. they ended up going to Windsor wasn't it because that's where they should you know way back in 2020 when the pandemic started they just thought they would start their Easter break a bit early and Precisely. you know two Precisely. years later still um obviously wasn't quite as what the three weeks we were initially thought lockdown was going to be um, <laughs> yeah I know yeah god <laughs> how foolish all right, well, thank you so much for joining me today, Russell. And thank you for everyone to, for listening. As always, we're on social media, Twitter and Instagram at PodSave. And until next time. PodSave the Queen!